Here we are. Thank you, Aaron, for that news. How about you, huh? All the news. The John Curley Sherry Elliger Show. You're writing to us at MyNorthwest.com. You come on in the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line at one 973 Teeny, shake her, shake her jar, please. She's asleep again. Thank you. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. What's the bus? What's that bus, Sherry? Tell me what's happening. Oh, boy. Lots happening. Lots and lots happening. <laughs> Too much happening. Really? Should we just stop and have Aaron do that story about Boeing again? <laughs> well, no. Remember, we've got a quota now. we got to get to so many stories. How many can we do, Joe? Well, we got... Th- oh. Can we get to three? Six? Six? Andrew, can we do Nine. six? Nine. got to Rapid fire. Nine stories? We do have breaking news, though, so that might pull us back down to four. I'm going to say four. Four! You want Aaron to do more stories about Boeing? Always. Aaron, I can listen to Aaron talk all day. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I got really so much gone. Boeing news today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Here we go, Sherry. Uh, we're not going to do the breaking news yet, but Seattle City, the city of Seattle will take your taxpayer dollars, and they're going to hand out a $10 million check to 50 protesters, rioters that were running around on the streets of Seattle for, oh, that summer of love in 2020. I know that about 47 or 50-some police officers were injured during the peaceful protests. I guess they tripped on lollipops. Um, and the city basically said, you know... Um, we we don't want to keep fighting this thing. It's going to cost way too much money for us, so let's just hand out some checks to some people. So they take the $50 million. On average, most of the time, attorneys will take about 40% of the big chunk. Sometimes they add include in there some court fees and other things like that. But sometimes about 40, let's say 40, let's say 50%. So we do 50% out of the $10 million. You divide that by 50. I know you don't like to do math on the air, Sherry, so I'll do it for you. That's 60000 gross to each one of the protest rioters. Um, that claim to be injured, and then after government takes away uh, their part, they're going to get uh, yeah, they get sixty thousand uh, dollars net. So that's what they get for all of that. So the, yeah, these protesters claim that they were peaceful protesters and they were not the people causing problems; that they were just collateral damage. Yes. Uh, some people say that they experienced hearing loss. Uh, broken bones. Uh, one woman had her hand partially shot off. Another woman had cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. And according to Kate Stone, who was on earlier, she said that they thoroughly investigated these people. They spent a ton of money on psychologists trying to find out, you know, I guess if they're lying. And they also spent two hundred thousand dollars on one expert, this guy that's supposed to be an expert in crowds and policing and things like that. He's uh, from Liverpool. Uh-huh. Um just that one person, and he said he'd never seen that kind of brutality before in a, a I guess, a, a public event like that. Hmm. He should have seen what they did in New Zealand and Australia, where they were hosing down a bunch of people peacefully protesting because they didn't want to get vaccines. Um, it, it becomes there are more protesters than there are police. Police have um, tools at their disposal, or and they use those to break up the crowds. When the crowds are coming after them and they're throwing Molotov cocktails at the police, when they are throwing rocks at the police, when police are getting hit in the head with bats, 
um, when police are telling them to legally disperse. They're telling them at this point, there's this weird point where all of a sudden where the cops are calling back to the headquarters that are making the decisions that this protest has now become a riot. And once they're kind of given the green light on it, that the protest is a riot, they then use those tools available to them to break up so that you don't have more buildings being set on fire. You don't have somebody shooting something at the East Precinct and putting a giant hole in the side of it. You don't have vans driving around with bombs, uh, pepper spray molotov cocktails you don't have things guns you don't have people that are now going to create more uh harm and damage i'm sure there are peaceful protesters in there that um are going to march around the streets because they believe all cops are racist or at least the system is systemically racist and disproportionately affecting black or white i mean they're out there marching around but the problem is you're in that mix with a bunch of people, I don't know what percentage it is, that wanted to hurt police, to kill police, that wanted to do damage to the city, that want to set things on fire. So you're in with that group. You're marching around with that group. Unfortunately for you, that group is the thing throwing at the, that group is throwing stuff at the police, the police in response. So it's the same sort of thing. You look at the January 6th, you got a bunch of knuckleheads running around with their MAGA hats on, the, you know, oh, the, 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 it was stolen from us. So then you had the D.C. police and the rest, you know, shooting stuff into the crowds, beating the crowd. Well, you're in with a bunch of people that are causing harm to the police and destroying private property. The police try to push back on these crowds. So somebody in that crowd takes a laser, shoots it directly into the eye of the police officer. Is that person police is peacefully protesting? I mean, this is not like civil rights and the um Civil disobedience that was occurring there in the bridges in Mississippi and Alabama where they were letting the dogs go and the fire cannons and they were beating those peaceful protesters. Those guys weren't lighting things on fire. They were just simply trying to get over that bridge, right? Disgraceful moments also in the cities of Chicago during the Democratic Convention. It was the mayor, John, uh, Mayor Daly in Chicago said, shoot a couple of the protesters. That'll stop them all. This... The balance between being able to peacefully, peacefully protest and then at a point where it becomes a riot. I guess that's a judgment call for the 50 people that brought the suit against the city. They get themselves a nice little payout. But I think you also send a very dangerous message, which is, by the way, go out there, smash windows, throw stuff at the cops, uh, hit people over the head, set cars on fire. Go ahead and do that. And then if you get injured in some regard, then you can sue the city later on. So the city takes the check, which comes from us, the taxpayers, and hands it off to a bunch of people that were out there in a crowd with people that were deliberately trying to hurt police officers you would think that they would realize that you assume the risk when you go out and do something like that it's like if you go ice skating on a pond and you fall, fall through that's your fault you, you you didn't have to you were at the wrong place at the wrong time and so i mean i do feel sorry for people that were truly injured i'm kind of surprised john that it's only 50 people with the thousands that were demonstrating it's kind of amazing that only 50 sued yeah, well, there were more than, I think, 1,700 uh, reported uh, police brutality cases. And I th- remember this, I think it was a year ago or two years ago, there were a group of people that were reviewing every single one of those complaints, going through the video, watching the video, seeing at what point did they use excessive force, were they... Uh, were they told that they could use the gas? Were they told that they could use the pepper spray? Were they told that they could use those blast bombs? Um, you know, and did they 
go beyond what they were supposed to be doing. Somebody up top gives them permission to use those things. Yeah, I thought it'd be far more than that. 50, get the check. You would think more would jump in there, but in this case, that's it. So it's $10 million from you, the taxpayer, uh, to 50 uh, protesters slash rioters that were out there jumping around. Washington um, Congress is trying to do something to stop AI deepfakes. So they have decided they are going <laughs> to harness the fury of angry Swifties after she was deepfaked in a porn this story we did a couple of weeks ago was in New Jersey. It was a bunch of school kids, I guess high school kids. Somebody had figured out how to take some of the images of some of the high school girls and then make it look like they were in porn movies. So now um, they're going to go, oh, nothing will stop it faster than making it look like uh, Taylor Swift is involved in a deep fake porn. She was her images that were plentiful uh, during the Kansas City game when she was up in the booth and then. The guy came out with his shirt off and all that, and she was surprised, and that's kind of Taylor Swifty stuff. Uh, they, they used that mm-hmm. and created a whole porn thing, and her fans are outraged about it and say that is assault. What would you call it if somebody takes your image, puts it in an X-rated thing without your permission? They think it, it's it's a horrible thing. But again, th- this is uncharted territory. There's There's nothing out there yet that prevents any of this stuff and Mm -hmm. do you want it to happen do you want that kind of regulation because how far will it go um do you know those blasphemy laws in some of the muslim countries that if you you know in some way disgrace or disparage the name muhammad you know you show a picture or something they'll put you in jail for years and years and years and sometimes it's uh, the old death penalty for you I don't know if we want to live in a society like that, but this idea that someone's going to be able to manipulate audio and video in such a way to create misinformation and have it have a an enormous effect upon the general citizens. If you go back to the fateful um, world at war, remember that story? So it was, it was the it was the radio uh, production of aliens attacking. You remember the this? War of the world. The world of war. war. The right, right, right. War. Orson was it Orson Welles? It was Orson Welles. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Hang on a second. That's good news to me. Yes. Um, and the people were freaking out because they didn't hear ahead of time that you know the following is a you know entertainment thing. Mm-hmm. People just tuning in and all of a sudden oh, the aliens are coming and really people believed it. I remember hearing a story. It was on This American Life. They, this guy um, basically he thinks the world is coming to an end, so he he tells his wife all these horrible things that he had done that he had cheated on her and and lied to her and had sex with this person and that person and stolen money and hid money and was just involved in all because he thought well this is it the world is coming to an end i, I wanted to tell her all these things <laughs> and then you know it's like i hope you've enjoyed this presentation <laughs> of wah, wah. <laughs> that'll teach him Yikes. give it to yourself buddy yeah next another interesting story that's in the news i guess the guy would then have to go I, you know i was kidding i mean i was you know that was caught up in the moment caught up the moment I, you know, I, forget it remember did you ever see the movie uh, almost famous no. Yes. Uh, you yeah. remember the the plane is like gonna crash and they all start saying one guy goes I'm gay and the other guy's going I slept with your wife I slept with your wife and then all of a sudden the turbulence ends and they're like oh guess we're gonna make it 
Thank you, Joe, for You're that, welcome. that presentation yes. of <laughs> Almost Famous. Joe Mama. Got it. Uh, Laura Ingram, who um, seems like every six weeks she takes time off to get some more plastic surgery. She was on with Tim Scott and um, talking about him standing behind Donald Trump. God, was that awkward. Oy-oy-oy. You know, it's so simple. It's like if you say you like him, then he likes you. So Nikki Haley, if Nikki Haley tomorrow were to go, you know what? Uh, I'm giving it up. Vote for Donald Trump. He would bring her in. Nikki, I've always liked you. You're good. You know, I like the blouse you had on. I mean, then he would like you. It's very simple. So there's Tim Scott standing behind Donald Trump. And uh, it's just, God, it was so sad. And then at one point, Donald Trump says something like, you know, she, Nikki, put you in there and made you appointed you a senator. You, you must really hate her. I just threw that clip back. Oh, yeah, in. here it is. Frankly, <laughs> I'm looking forward to bringing this race mm. for Donald Trump to be our next president to my home state of South Carolina so the race can be over and we can focus on firing. Was it uncomfortable Joe up there? Like, Nikki Hale's your yeah. buddy. I mean, if these things get uncomfortable. You're sitting up there and he's, he's pretty tough on her last <laughs> he, night. I mean, was. it was pretty tough. The dress and all. I probably wouldn't have recommended that he go up for the dress, well, but I mean, that's Trump. You know, you know, you know, know he's kind be, yeah. But um, was it uncomfortable for you because of your friendship with her? Listen, she served our state well as a conservative governor. She has decided to be a moderate re- Republican presidential she candidate. She said she's not a globalist. Well, I can tell you one thing. When, when you're not willing to say unequivocally, I will protect Social Security for every single senior citizen on it today. They say it's just the 20-year-olds. Jobs. It's just the 20-year-olds uh, yeah. that are going to have an adjustment with the age. You get, you get, watch the plan. Watch the plan. If When you think about the fact that we don't spend enough money on our border, and yet we're going to talk about whether it's Ukraine or, or Israel, which I support both, I can tell you this. If we don't have accountability, you can't you can't spend money in Ukraine. You have to protect America's border. The greatest invasion in American history has come oh, across our southern border. Wow, way to not answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Let me say something about any politician that is really one of being honest. You ready? Someone has to have the cojones, Sherry. Mm-hmm. That's Spanish. To admit to the American people that the Social Security system is broken. That when it was first established, what was it? Was it a 14 paying in on one receiving or seven to one? I forget what it was. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough money going in. I think it's two one now. Two paying in for every one taking out. The life expectancy has increased. The benefits have increased. And it's not there. The money is not there. And until a politician levels with the American people, telling them that the Social Security system is going bankrupt and they keep pushing the year off on the thing. Oh, it'll be, there'll be no money by 2030, by no 2035. Someone has to tell the American people the truth. And to scare everybody, like, oh, they're going to get ready to subscribe. It's like, because my father used to say, why are they sending me a check for $3,500 a month? Why do you send me the money? I don't need the money. Why do you send the money? You have to start putting this thing in place where people realize that the system as it's been designed is broken and it is a false promise to the American people that your retirement will be paid for from Social Security. They should do what they did and they do in Sweden and in some of the Scandinavian countries when it comes to your retirement program. 
Somebody has to stand up. But unfortunately, as soon as you even bring it up, even just comes out of your lips, they just smash you with it, right? Remember the famous thing of um, Paul Ryan throwing the old lady in the wheelchair over the edge of the cliff? Because they know old people vote. Old mm-hmm. people, if you find out they're going to get your Social Security taken away, they just will show up in droves demanding that the money be there. Well, in part because they've paid into it. You know, you spent years working and paying into it. The expectation is you're going to get some of that money back, and there's a payoff at the, you know, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. So it's just, I, I can see both sides of it. It is scary, especially for people that only have that to rely on. They don't have another income. Right. So, you know, make it means tested. If you're making over a certain amount of money, you don't get it. I'm sorry. Good for you. You've done well. You're making good money. But you don't need to send the money to them. They don't need it. Somebody else could desperately need it. But get the people at the very, very top and say, you know what? You're doing well. You're okay. Yada, yada. Bang. You're not getting any of it. But we're going to give it to somebody else. And maybe you give them a tax break. If you take your Social Security number, take your Social Security that we're sending to you every month, and we're not going to give it to you, we'll give you 20% off or 15% off on your taxes if you kick it back. Let us have it and give it to somebody that really needs it. Like, why, are we, giving, why are we giving it to people that make $250,000 a year? Or somebody's got the assets and they've got like $10 million bucks and we're still sending them a check for $3,500. It's, it's stupid. So that really is a good idea, John. You wow. should be a politician. Wow. All right. What's the bus? Tell me what's happening. What's up, What show is this from? Do you remember, Sherry? Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Wow. Nice. We wanted to sing these songs at St. Aloysius, and the nuns were like, absolutely not. Oh. Sacrilegious. Don't you try to think <laughs> They're like, no, well, none of that. Should have showed her that dance. She would have been convinced. <laughs> yeah, the nuns always had us in the back. Tall boys in the back. You guys are good athletes, and they, it was just this. <laughs> Come letter of the day. Great honor to bestowed upon you by teeny tiny lady in a pickle jar. Writing to us is good and good for you. You can write to us at mynorthwest.com. Teeny likes the text line. Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. She likes to go in. She plays the slots, Sherry. Okay, she's got the little oxygen tent. She has the little tank she drags around with her. Likes to play the slots. Puts her social security oh. right into the slots. Yeah, it's really brilliant. Ching, 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 ching. Oh, good. She just has fun. She's got fun. She has fun. Does she have anybody to go with? It's kind of kind of ding, sad ding, to ding, sit ding, there by ding, yourself. Mm. <laughs> She's got friends go over there. Muggleshoe Casino Resort. Ping, one, boom. Ch- ch- uh, one, triple eight, nine, seven, three, five, four, seven, six. The big uh, Seattle wedding show is happening. It's huge, Sherry. It's going to be this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Guess who's going? Joe's going. We got Joe a uh, pass to be able to go to the thing. Joe Mama. I'm emceeing the fashion show. There's two shows on fashion shows Saturday and then Sunday doing that as well for the big wedding show. It's the first time I've ever been to a wedding show. So oh, it's, I've been to them. Oh, I've, I've, <laughs> oh, I've been down I'll there. I'll be down I'll there. Be down there. <laughs> What's it like? Why were you there? I don't remember what I was doing. I, I, I can't remember what I did, but um, I'm sure I, I, I was what, working. What, were you kidnapped some... with a burlap no, bag over no, your head? No. What do you mean you I didn't know like, what you were doing I, there? I was working some aspect of it like I always am. So, no, it's okay. I mean, it, it's got some beautiful 
displays and things like that. But Joe's already married. What are you doing at the wedding show? It's just like a five-minute walk from my house, so I thought I'd... You've got nothing else to do. Yeah, I'd go bug John. I'll be down there. Oh. Yeah, Nate's okay. going to be down there. Okay. Sherry, don't let him be mean to you. Okay. Uh, it's too I'll late for that. There. No one's going to be mean to you. Um, I've never been, but apparently it is quite the shindig. So all the latest when it comes to... Uh, we're bringing the cow, too. And we're concerned because the cow is six feet long. It weighs about 80 pounds. And Nick and I got to pick it up and put it in the pickup truck tomorrow and drive it from Cleolum to Seattle. And then we have to put it, I think tomorrow, starting at noon, I'll be a little late for the show, put the cow in our booth. We've got AstroTurf. We've got the talking cow. And then we've got our other stuff in there for uh, our, uh, you know, the wedding venue. So all the latest greatest stuff that's happening in the wedding world. So you're going to come downtown Seattle at noon tomorrow and then go we back? Have to, because we have to install all this stuff. Right. No, then I'll stay here and do the show. Oh, okay. Okay, that's big news for you, yes, right? Okay, is. good. And I don't know if people are doing this sort of thing, but couples are now hiring birds of prey to be ring bearers at weddings, Sherry. So, I, you know, rather than having the cute kid or the dog or something, you put the ring on the bird's leg or in his mouth or whatever, and then the bird flies in and then lands somewhere, and then the person takes the, the ring, and then you get that the, the, yeah, the thing. Some of this is very cool, and some of it's very gross. So the the way that they do it is you put on this big leather glove, and it's, if the bride wants to wear that giant, <laughs> weird, medieval times <laughs> Renaissance festival yes. glove or whatever that thing is. Yeah. And then the bird comes down. It's a trained bird. It costs about $1,200. You got sound on it, Joe? Well, Something this like one, I'll, I'll, I'll set this up. Okay. This one is uh, a couple. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of a funny idea. Uh, they pretended, the best man pretended, and the wife didn't know this, to lose the rings because he's the one that has them. And so he was just, you know, I can't find it, I can't find it. And then all of a sudden the bird swooped in, landed on his arm, and the bird had a little pouch with the rings on it. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. May we please have the ring? You know that I want to be with you all the time. You know that I won't stop you don't have it? You know that I won't stop And then all of a sudden the bird sweeps in. That's the thing, but when the people start turning their weddings into like productions, you know, dad's got to learn to do the father-daughter dance, and then everybody wants to sort of outdo themselves with some other thing that makes their wedding even that much more special, and like, oh, remember they flew the thing in? We should do something like that, right? Let's have a bear come in, come out of hibernation and poop it out onto the floor. Well, these these birds are really well-trained, but the problem There's is... There's a ring! They need... They and the usually, bear eats the best man. Oh, yeah, oh. They, they usually eat a dead mouse. That's how you lure them in. They don't. They don't uh, feed the birds because the birds do a meet and greet during the cocktail hour. Uh-huh. So they don't feed them. So there's no droppings. But the bird usually eats a dead mouse. Well, that's too repulsive. So they use like quail meat or a chicken bone or things like that. Now I'm terrified of birds. Yeah. I I've been to medieval times, and when they let that falcon go and oh. swoop through the I, I w- was like under my seat, so it wouldn't be my thing to do. But mm. it is, it is, it's unique. It's something kind of funny, especially if it's a surprise. My friend Karen, this is a long time ago. She said it would such. My friend said we, we never imagined you get married. It would be like a dream. So then she handed out um, clear plastic 
glasses, like cheap little plastic glasses, and they put Vaseline around all of it. So it would look like you're looking at it through a dream, like the, it was all sort of fuzzy on the corners. Do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> but this is a Six. long time ago when people did stuff uh-huh. like that. Okay. Like, here's okay. an example of a, of a, this is from The Onion. I like this. I saw this the other day. This is an annoying couple planning their wedding. Despite being objectively awful people, newly engaged couple Ross Bird and Jessica Black want their upcoming wedding to really reflect their personalities, the pair revealed earlier this week. It's our one night, so we're pulling out all the stops to have the kind of wedding that just screams us. Yeah. It's so cool. We're going to have a bluegrass band playing 80s pop songs. Because <laughs> Ross loves bluegrass, but I love 80s music. And then at the, uh, the end of the ceremony, uh, this is great, we're going to pass out sparklers. To all the guests. Isn't that fun? The couple's celebration of their quirky little bullshit tastes has been bankrolled by <laughs> Ms. Black's parents, who have promised to spare no expense. What if we rented bicycles? to get everybody from the ceremony yeah. to the reception site. Sources claim that a reading of Walt Whitman's poetry, a bunch of candles in f***ing mason jars, and an Instagram photo booth will truly capture the essence of the insufferable pair. Best man Dylan Emerson has borne witness to the couple's smug, affected wedding planning. Ross asked that all the groomsmen grow out our facial hair so that we could shave down to mustaches in time for the bachelor party. Though calling it a bachelor party is not entirely accurate because he wants us to take a cycling tour through Utah's national parks. <laughs> I mean, for f- sake. The colossally irritating couple confirmed the ceremony would include both a build-your-own Vietnamese sandwich bar <laughs> and what they actually had the nerve to call a, quote, summer loving casual dress code. We didn't want some big stuffy ceremony it should should feel more like a fun dance party for our friends because the uh, the night's about us yes but i mean it's also you know about the people who make us us yeah exactly and those people love us exactly for our uniqueness sources hoped with every fiber of their being that these two would be divorced within a year keep checking theonion.com for more as this story develops there you go how, yep. Can I just ask you, as a as a woman, uh-huh. as a hot blooded American mm-hmm. woman, yes, into her forties, uh huh, and then past forties, uh-huh. but just hot blooded. Okay. Do, do you and be honest with me? Do okay. you think Bessie the talking beer cow? Because at this point, I can still pull out. Do you think Bessie the talking beer cow, a life size cow that talks during the wedding when people come by to get beer? Do you think that's a bad idea? I don't think it's a bad idea. I think taking it to the wedding show is, <laughs> is maybe not exactly what you want to do because then people are going to think it's so farmy, right? You, you still want to have elegance. You still want it to be a place where people can go. We are country couture. I'm going to be wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> okay, but a cow? Like, I mean, I, I know maybe it's maybe it's a great hook. I, I have no idea, but I... I, I, don't I mean, think, I'm not going to be standing there like in a farmer outfit. Well, what is Bessie the cow? What's the point of bringing Bessie the cow? Well, that's part of But people go, oh, look at the cow. But the thing is, Sherry, I'm trying to get you to do the voiceover for Bessie the cow. Like yesterday, we had you doing voiceovers for right. Bessie, right? Because yeah. she's got this device that's got a laser. So when you break the laser, she speaks. So when people go by to get a beer, the cow would be like, hey, how you doing? Boy, no, the- I, I understand the concept. I'm just not <laughs> sure that it's going to be executed properly at the wedding show. Mm. Do you have the voices ready to go? 
show? No, not yet. But I don't think I want to do it at the wedding show because then it is, the laser is going to be constantly being broken by people walking by. But just having a cow, you think it's going to be look like? What's the guy with a cow? We we don't want a cow. Do you think it's? Do you think it's poor marketing? Well, it, it sends a, a message for sure, which says this is on a farm or it's it's a farm animal theme. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, you know what I'm left with? I got a table and a bunch of plastic cups. That's all I got now. Then, if you take away the cow, I got well, nothing else. Well, you've got a display. You've got a photo I display. A display that I was really depending on the plastic cow. Okay, well then take the cow. I'm just <laughs> saying that from my perspective, I would probably pass it by because. That's not my style. I don't want to go to like a cowboy wedding, so I wouldn't want that. But you, and that's so little. That's such a a, a small percentage of what you have to offer. Okay. <laughs> can we go outside while Nate does traffic, and we can talk about this because now it's really throwing a wrench into everything. Okay. All right. Do what you're going to do. It's fine. It's no, no, fine. no, no. It's I ask you your opinion, and then I yell at you about your opinion. That's not right. Yeah, I know. Okay. Oh, let's go outside. Okay. Let's go. Okay. okay I have an idea for you. Oh, yeah? What's that? Why don't you take the big cow and the little cow? Yeah. Yeah. And? This is getting well, getting worse. <laughs> I've had like three people. Randy just writes it. You're a big enough draw. You don't need a cow. And then someone else said, who was it? Rebecca? Uh, yeah. Rebecca Wedding planner. There, she yeah. said, don't bring the cow. It's <sighs> just a lot of work for you. That's all. Sherry, I don't know. That I can't spell a lot of work. <laughs> Next, another interesting story that's in the news. But first, here come the letters. But I, the little cow, by the way, got punctured. Oh, what happened? Uh, a little owl took a bite out of him. Oh, that's okay then. Yeah. If it was you, I'd be mad. No. All right, we'll get the letter of the day. First, take care of all the rest. This is a category that Joe has now called randos, which are, which fortunately are most of the letters. Here we go. Okay, Jim in 360 says, just curious, now that Sideshow Bob settled a lawsuit with Johnson & Johnson, are those who purchased opiates going to get a check? After all, it is an election year. Hmm, interesting question. Andrew, uh, in the 509, is that ripping bong hit sound in the background? Joe note, is it the ticker tape sound he's referring to? Um, that's not a, we're not ripping bong hits. Yeah, it's a little ticker tape. It's the news. It's the update of the news. And now, more <laughs> does, news. Uh, okay. It does that's the bong. Little, there you go. Okay. Get it straight. Uh, 206. Wait, Sherry is scared of birds? I'm surprised to hear this, considering oh she has two giant built-in bird swatters. You know, her giant hands. Uh, BLM settlement. Brad, the painter says, so they just created a financial incentive to clash with police. Nice. <laughs> Doug from Puyallup says, I wish all of the rioters had been tagged and released to a different area due to being a nuisance like Marlon Perkins did on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I'll wait here in the Jeep while Jim goes ahead to wrestle the alligator. That's my Marlon Perkins. Oh, <laughs> Matthew 206 says, respectfully, John, uh, you weren't there. Uh, I was for locking up the rioters, but police should have been able to tell the difference. Still love your show, though. Okay. I was there. 
Okay. Uh, Rachel C., if you're in a crowd where people are not peacefully protesting, get out. Oh, by the way, Joe adds this in here. Matthew gets uh, a point uh, in the book for respectful criticism. Yes, I agree. Thank you, Matthew, for that. Uh, Bubba in the 306 says, my new part-time gig, observing mobs. So um, there's some money there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mounting troubles for Boeing, Casey in 360 says, John, the pilot staying calm reminds me of Apollo 13. In the movie, they made it more dramatic, but the actual recorded communications showed that everyone stayed calm despite there being a very good chance that they weren't going to make it. Yeah, I t- interviewed the guy, uh, Shepard. Is that his name? One of the guys? Mm-hmm. Alan, Alan Shepard. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, when you were looking down and you see that earth and just marble just spinning and knowing that you'll never see your family and loved ones, what was going through your mind? Did you see? He goes, uh, yeah, none of that. Uh, that's why they don't send poets into outer space. That's why we send engineers. It's like, okay, thank you. I'm dumb. And now it is time for the letter of the day. <laughs> thank you. Sherry? Okay, I'm getting to it. Okay. Uh, 425 says, thanks for the laughs and common sense. Traffic has been a horror today. Mm. Recently, I took a flight and sat in first class next to a guy who had frequent silent but deadly farts. When he went to the bathroom, I asked the flight attendant if she smelled it, and she said yes. I reassured her it was him, not me. That was excellent. That's good news to me. It's <laughs> good. You got to you got to make sure it's that no one gets you right. on the yeah. stink. Yeah. Well, he who smelt it dealt it. Exactly. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. Didn't write no more. She left the gloom a hang.